The scripture today comes from Genesis and then the latter portion from uh, Romans. Genesis 1.26 is where it begins. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And then God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. And from Romans. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie 
and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. This is the word of the Lord. Morning. I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor here at Christ Central Church. Um, Today we continue our sermon series on being human by looking at how God has made and called us to be relatively relational creatures. That being human is about being in and about relationships. And what I hope we will see from the Bible is that God has made relationships good for our humanity that we in our sin have made relationship damaging to our humanity, but the Lord has made and called for relationships to redeem our humanity. Look again at Genesis first chapter, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And I'm just going to stop right there. It says, What let us make man in our image. Created image had in it the stuff of relationship. According to God's image plan for man to reflect a God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons, accompanied by the heavenly host of angels. There is no image of God without relationship. There is no such thing thing as being human without relationship. Look how this thing is set up in chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. This stuff about naming animals is all about Adam being alone and it, is, and, and it not being good. It is like Adam is looking at all the animals and not seeing anything that relates or looks like him. Adam does not and cannot even understand himself fully just by looking at the animals and his place among the animals. Do y'all remember Mowgli from Jungle Book? That's his name, right, Mowgli? And then you have Tarzan. They're great examples. All the swinging and singing could not handle the impact of another human on their present condition. 
Tarzan didn't become the real Tarzan or know who he was until he met Jane, right? Well, the Bible says this in verse 21 through 23. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up in its place flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Remember, he's naming all the animals, right? Then the man said, this is at last, this this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. It is literally like Adam was looking into a mirror and the woman Eve was too. They, they made each other make sense. They, they, they make their humanity as man and woman make sense only as they see and are with each other, only as they are in relationship with each other. Not being in a relationship as a human being is like getting dressed in the dark without a mirror. Not for the outside only, but for your soul. Your soul and mind and body will go undeveloped and unknown because you have not known another and another known you. You will be uncultured. Not not being in relationship would have made us feral creations of God, wild and not meeting or, or reaching the potential that God had created us to have. Relationships help us see and experience our value and worth and emotions and thought life and insight and love. Get this. Relationships even help us to see and know God, who is relational as well. It is simply human to be in a close, a known and knowing relationship with other people. But y'all know how Mowgli and Tarzan ended up that way, right? It's actually kind of sad. They got separated from their family, from their parents. It's not a happy story. And sorry, Baloo, right? And those apes are not their true families, as cute as it may have been to you and me to see them walking around singing. And though, like the Bible teaches, that there are definitely divisions and different depths and degrees of relationships that should be distinguished and and respected and protected by others, like marriage, like Adam and Eve had, we were created to come from a family, for a family, to be a larger family on earth. It's what makes sense of our humanity and makes our humanity work and how God made it to. Not only do we make each other work and make sense, we were made to work with each other. Adam was a one human show before the woman, but the act was not done and could not be done until the woman entered. We just read this. The Bible says that Adam needed a helper fit for him. The word fit means corresponding to him, like a right arm that goes with a left arm, like a a nut for a bolt or a screw for a driver, like a peanut and butter and ham and burger go together. Two things, in this case, humans are made to go together to help make this world work, to help do the work that needs to get done. Y'all ever seen that Ikea diagram on the furniture you have to put together? I always think I don't need the other person. And I put together a lot of Ikea furniture my share of it anyway, and has that picture. Two people, weird-looking drawings of two people. And I'm like, I I can do it. I'm that kind of man. I'm like two people. (laughs) Never works out. Something always goes on wrong. And let me tell you about IKEA furniture. It's so funny. If it doesn't work, 
it's not broken. You did something wrong. Every single time, I'm like, they got the wrong thing in here. I know it's wrong. No, I needed somebody else to help me think through it. And it hasn't, you know, that is what is going on here with the relation. We have this world to take care of. Like Adam and Eve who had the garden animals to manage in the garden to expand to the whole, whole earth and to have more people to expand this garden and its glory and beauty throughout the whole world. And that wasn't going to happen with just one human being. It would take more than one to put it all together. Our humanity requires us to have someone else to carry the other side or to think through it or, or be able to bring something to, a, to all you do that you can't and don't and won't by yourself. Think about it. What do you really do by yourself? Even your thoughts are set off by your interactions with others and, and by some thought or idea or thing someone else with the help of someone else has put together. And relationships that that work this world and work things out in this world are all part of being human and keeping our humanity intact. There is no realizing your place and potential and dignity as a human without each other, without relationship. And the point of all this stuff in Genesis is your humanity produces and requires relationships. It is human to be relative. To be a father, a mother, friend, an aunt, an uncle, a sister, a brother, a daughter, a son, biologically or not, to, to, to be husband and wife by contract and, and parents too, but also to be a boss, an employee and co-worker and pair, leader and follower, lead and submit to give and to take. We are all locked into that relative reality as human beings, and that can be freeing as it was created to be so. But as you and I know and experience, relationships can be burdensome and and imprisoning in this messed up world of messed up people because of sin. Now turn with me over to Romans. You know, Genesis is kind of happy for the most part. Then you jump over to Romans and kind of get the bad news of creation, right? Of the fall, right? The writer of this letter to the church in Rome, the Apostle Paul, says this in verse 18. Through 23, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Now, if we stop right there, what, what did and does sin do when it comes to relationships? It makes us look into the mirror of relationship, into each other's eyes, and not see ourselves or others rightly. We don't, we, it's hard to see the image of God's and others truthfully. We assess our and others' sense of worth and dignity wrongly. We don't see respect of or the holiness and rightness of God in each other, which in part makes sense since none of us is perfect or good and everyone does wrong to someone else. But then we take that to a whole new level and we take advantage 
of our need and desire for relationship. Look at how Paul describes it beginning at verse 24. Therefore God gave them up in lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. All about relationship because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see it fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy. Murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, truthless. What is this all saying? We use whatever position relationally we have with each other and use it for our personal gain. We treat each other and treated, and we're treated like relational grocery stores that are going out of business. We become the target of relationships, pun intended. Because if we let ourselves be known and let people in our doors, we give them access to a lot. And some of us rightly so want relationships and are biologically related to those relationships in, you know, or, or so connected and wrapped up together with someone that people are free to come in and steal and take and sell us out. Many of you are looking for love, expecting love have put your hearts and lives in all the wrong places and put them in the right places but gotten the wrong results. And many of us have simply been users and abusers hoping to get a low-cost us relationship, looking for, excuse this term, a booty call, and I'm not just talking sexually because I'm talking about sophisticated definition of the term booty too. We are looking to get whatever we can from people, their bodies, their stuff, their access to, to what we want. We will use and abuse each other until nothing is left. I saw a commercial uh, just yesterday on, on health insurance, and they said, we're bringing humanity back to health insurance. What? Like, I'm supposed to be happy with that? You want a cookie? You're supposed to, health insurance, we're bringing humanity back to it tells a story. The people who take care of your body, they might not be thinking about you, but the money at the end of it. Really? Because that's normal. It's abnormal to say, hey, our health insurance company is really about human beings first. How many commercials do you see? We really care about the person. Really? That's a surprise in our world, isn't it? Hey, we really good, get, we get good customer service over here. Really? Where? Show me that place. The Apostle Paul is writing here about a Roman Greco culture to a Roman Greco culture where the rich are using the poor as prostitutes. Some of them children. And making some men dress up as women lest they lose their honest day job and lest they will never be able to get their kids into the good school and upper class if they don't, needing the recommendation of the man or woman they're giving their bodies to. 
This is about power relationships being exploited from the top and the bottom, from the bottom to, to gain for dignity, for people to be able to climb the ladder, and from the top to dump and lay their desires and domination on the poor. And this is not much different than the world we live in, right? I mean, I just read an article, maybe y'all saw it, and it was a CNN or MSNBC about in a certain part of India, it's part of the culture to put your daughters into prostitution? Today, yeah, 2011, it's still normal. Fathers and brothers telling, you know, their daughters and their sisters, hey, prostitution time. What kind of world are we living in? And here in the United States, even in these seats right now, it's not much different. Some of you don't even know who your mom or dad is, and if you do, some wish you didn't. Some of you have been pushed and shamed into performing and accomplishing. Some of you were hit with more than just a little spank. Some of you had no one or no place to go for help or protection or guidance. You, 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 you know, no one ever really needed you. Nobody seemed to want you or your problems. Some of you are players not because you were trained well, but because truly you yourself were played. Some of you don't know what a loving, committing, committed relationship is like. Some of you had mom and daddy right there, and yet they were absent. Some of you had to give your body to be loved and accepted. This, about, this is about doing as the Bible says here. What shouldn't be done? What shouldn't be done to you or by you? And taking wrong advantages of the God-given hunger and drive and need you have for relationship. People took advantage of that. We take advantage of that. We actually take advantage of what it means to be human and dehumanize each other and been dehumanized by that. And one reason this happens and keeps happening is because we have taken the advantages of relationships away. When we think about the many things going on because we are relational creatures, there's no advantage of being in a family. You know, we talk about, if I mention family, a lot of y'all are like, oh, where are you going? going home to see family, oh, we'll pray for you. Some of you can't help but ask, why should I obey my parents? They're only looking out for themselves. They never really loved me. They weren't around. Why should you believe in marriage? It is a place that can breed all types of abuse and shame. Why should you not dishonor your body and engage in all kinds of in-the-moment pleasures? Why should you take care of your kids or be respectful to your baby's mama or daddy? There is no one out there that really loves and cares or loved and cared for you. Face it. Loving, respectful, rule-having, covenantal, treating others as yourself, as family are a bust. So we tell ourselves and others, don't let anyone in. Live on the surface. Never commit to anything or anyone. Only rent or lease relationships, but never invest and buy. Treat people like you feel, like an object. We have become damaged goods of relationships and will only be more hurt and hostile towards them as a result. Relationships have become a recessive handicap on what it means to be human now because people will always, only it seems, let each other down. And Eleanor Rigby, old school, by the Beatles, they ask all the lonely people, where do, where do they all come from? I can tell you, 
broken relationships. We now live in a world where wrong or right, true or false, singleness is synonymous with loneliness. And marriage with being trapped. And now as a result of broken relationships, the loss or lessening of that part of our humanity, we have become feral. Wild! Just getting and gaining and taking and being taken and eaten and gained upon. We miss out on what it means to live and love as fully human, not primarily because we are not in close proximity to each other, but because we have lost our primary relationship, that with the Lord who created us. And considering all the mess that have, has, has, that have come out of relationships, it is ironic how God is going to fix all of this. Look back at Genesis 3rd chapter with me, verse 8. It says, and they heard the sound. This is after they ate the fruit and that they weren't supposed to eat, and so now they're sinners on the way to being like Romans, first chapter, all that craziness we talked about. The Bible says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called out to the man and said, where are you? I, want you, I don't want you to miss this. They hid from relationship with God. And they had leaves on them. They made leaves on themselves, and they were kind of semi-hiding from each other. Remember, they came to each other, and they were both naked. They had no shame. Now they got to cover up even toward each other, but they hid among the trees from God. Every relationship's now messed up. Not trusting themselves or him to be good for humanity, Adam and Eve ran like deer or, or a cat does when we come around. They feel like the hunted. They don't feel as human anymore because they've lost the relationship that gave them their sense of human. It's the Lord. And so they act like wild things out of fear and not freedom. And the Lord calls them. He actually treats them like human beings and calls them and seeks them like human beings. Why? Because though Adam and Eve lost some of their relational aptitude to humanity, God did not lose his. He continued to believe and have faith in how he made things good. He was going to continue to be God the Father to them. I don't know if they still have it in CMS. They still have after-school detention? Or is it all in-school suspension? Who? Anybody know? They still have detention after school days? Okay. I didn't mean to say your name. Um, he knows because, you know, he's probably the monitor, a good kid in that, right? Man, I had plenty of after-school detentions in my day. We used to get a little yellow slip like this big. Take that thing. Man. I've been suspended a few times for talking. <laughs> well, I, for being right when the teacher was wrong. I had to proclaim the truth. I had to proclaim the truth. Somebody had to stand up for justice. And, you know, your humanity can be lost in that. After school, ain't nobody around, a few bad kids in the class spread out in different desks, and you can tell a teacher that's in detention with you hates being there. But then when mom and daddy come get you, it's like you got dignity again. They're going to even feed you. You know what I'm saying? Such a good feeling, you know? You see their car around. Well, this is back in the day. Teachers be going home, they turn the lights off on you. You'd be sitting on the curb waiting for your parents. And they're like, Daddy, come on in. You know, he kind of a little upset, but you could get in that car. You're going home, you're going to get in the bed that night. Oh, love it. Something humanizing about it. 
God still comes and gets and calls us out of the confusion and damage of familial and outside family relationships. He's calling to all friends and fathers and mothers and sisters and sons and daughters and husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends who, like Adam and Eve that day, find themselves trapped in shame and fear about who they are with whoever else. He's calling those who have been taken advantage of and stripped of their dignity, who are embarrassed by their inability to be loved and appreciated by, by others, who only believe it can only be one way, self-serve and self-preserve, to get yours at others' expense. Got to look up for number one, because the last time you got hurt, he is calling out to the fatherless and motherless and maritalists, to those who experience constant loneliness. God calls you as a God who can be trusted, who can be known and not lied to you, whom you can be naked and known and will not condemn you. Look at what happens in verse 21. And the Lord God, after talking to them and relating with them, made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Why did he do it? So that he could continue to pursue and have relationship with them. He did what was needed to do to cover their shame and damage so they could begin to be human again after so much relational damage. God wants to be your daddy and give you the nurture of the mother and be the friend that fits closer than a brother. And whatever relationship you need to be whole, to be human, God's got you covered. And when he did this and covering and calling them, he, he promised to save relationships on earth and use relationships on earth to save and change our fallen humanity. Look at, at verse 15, chapter 3 in Genesis. I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking to the serpent here. Thank you, Pam, for saying that. And between your offspring and her offsprings, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And I like the term crush. He shall crush your head and you will bruise his heel. And then look at verse 20 again. The man called his wife's name Eve. He, she was just woman at this point, I guess. Eve, hey woman, but now it's Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. What I want you to see is that God was not ridding us of the need for relationships. Adam still calls his wife Eve, the mother of all living or life giver. And then God calls Eve to mourn, verse 15, to, to give birth to the human line, starting with her, to the son of man. Son of man, relationship. Jesus Christ fully related to God and to humans would come from human beings. And what does that all mean together? God is going to change us. And does change our relationship for the better. He is able and will and does make them good again. He is able to heal us and make good fathers and good mothers and good children and good friends and, and good sisters and brothers and good things to each other and for the world. God is going to take what is potentially bad and destructive and reprobate like we saw in Romans and make it better and good again. How? Through Jesus putting himself right in the middle of the human family line. God is sending his, sent his own son to be born in relation and relationship with human beings and his place right there changes everything in every relationship. Now let me warn you, it may take time and there may be ups and downs and it won't be perfect until Jesus comes back, but there is hope. You and I can still make each other work and work with each other and even in this fallen world of messed up relationship for good and righteousness, and truth again. Have you ever wondered what a church really is? 
It is a community. It's a redeemed family of God's renewed and redeemed and being changed relationships of broken people who are finding fathers and mothers and fathering and mothering they have not had or never been. They are able to, to be children and friends and sisters and brothers in ways they have never known or been. Then they are called to do the same outside of this family faith in the world. And guess what? God is promising and delivering on his promise that it works. That we come in not knowing what it means to be in relationship. And Jesus changes us and changes us through the relationship right here in his church. And then in this world and in your families and in your friends back home by faith in him. This is our hope. That our humanity would be saved by the God-man, Jesus Christ. This just happened last week. I missed a wedding in my family. My cousin sent me an invitation and sat there on the bulletin board. We weren't sure we could go. I forgot. Saturday, I'm just chilling. Maybe I think I was wiping down the counter or something. Just cleaning up the house like I normally do, you know. <laughs> Only to have Kelly come back and have to clean it again. Sometimes I just made a grease around. Whoa, it looks shiny. Um, need to put soap on that? Um, and uh, so I got a phone call from my dad. He's like, where are y'all? I'm like, huh? Where are y'all? Like, we're at home. Y'all ain't at the wedding? Oh, my gosh, the wedding. I'm like, oh, Daddy, we, we, we forgot. We, we, and I thought, should I tell him it's Kelly's fault? It, because we, she. Then I was like, well, how did it go? He's like, you don't care about how it goes. Y'all didn't even plan to come. Goodbye. And he hangs up. You know, I'm feeling like the great son right now. So I go to Kelly. Kelly, my dad did this. She's like, you need to step, stand up for your dad. You need to be a man and tell him, what, you can't treat you like a kid. You need to tell him, like, great, I feel really better now. <laughs> she was right. She was right. Couldn't do it. Too shame. Too pushed down. Guess maybe a couple of days later I get a phone call. It's daddy. I'm like, oh, great. What else did I forget? I'm out the family. And in my family, we got problems with that. You miss something, woo, you don't want to miss nothing. Because you're selfish, and that's it. He was like, Howard, I did wrong. Huh? You know, I, you're, you're a man. You can make any decision you want. You didn't have to be here. What was right for your family is right for your family. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. I was like, um, Daddy, uh, 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 it's okay to ask me where I am and all. I was trying to give it all back. You know, you, you kind of believe in these situations that your daddy's always going to be your daddy, your mama's always going to be your mom, and they're always going to act up or, or treat you wrong or make you feel bad. Jesus really does change things. But understand it wasn't only changing him. It's like as a man, I can stand up now. Right? 
I could think like, hey, it was like restoration of my own manhood as father to son. The Lord is in the business of doing those kinds of things to restore our sense of humanity. Maybe you're a father in here. Maybe a son. Daughter or mother. There's been broken stuff. The Lord Jesus can change one relationship, and because we're relational beings, when he change one, changes one, he can change a generation of others. Thank you, Jesus.